We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Because Joe is the perfect manager at the perfect moment in time for us, for the group that we had and where they were in their careers, what they were trying to accomplish in the game, the identity that we needed to establish. He was the perfect guy. If I were in a different situation, I would hire Joe in a second. I would hire Joe in a second today. But for this group, you know, by definition, I feel like change is important. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. No, I ain't that seen my baby's sort of answer from Theo Epstein came in response to questioning from our next guest, Paul Sullivan of the Tribune, joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. Alpamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. Sully, thanks for coming on. We just wonder, almost a week later, do you, you have any answers as to why Theo did not want to bring Joe Madden back? Um, well, just by uh, the powers of deduction, you'd have to say that he didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> but you talked about the word that I've come to hate, accountability, because yeah. everybody wants to use it. All the guys who use it are the ones who don't have to be accountable with their jobs. Theo used it. He still has a job. And all his franchise has done is regress since winning the World Series. John Paxson has abused it. And he hasn't made the playoffs, I think, since John Paxson was a player. Anyways, I hate that word. But you used it because Theo used it. And in being accountable, you wondered why when, how Theo is going to be accountable for not bringing back Joe Madden, saying all these wonderful things about him. So share with us the sentiment in that column and where that goes now. Um, honestly, I, I can't remember which column you're talking about. <laughs> but I, I just, uh, as a, most of the stuff I've written in the last week or so, I guess, um, I was trying to get to the bottom, like just to have them say something concrete about why uh, they decided to let go of Joe. And I mean, I think if you read between the lines in his all of his statements, uh, you know, he did not feel that the team was accountable and uh, that Joe was responsible for that, or at least partly responsible for that. He did, you know, he did take uh, a, a good portion of the blame. So you can't say that, you know, he's leaving himself blameless. But, uh, you know, accountability, every, every team wants their players to be accountable, and uh, everyone would want that. So uh, it is kind of a buzzword, and uh, I did hear uh, the Mark Loretta interview this, this morning on uh, your station, and uh, he brought up accountability. I know David Ross, when he gets into his uh, meeting with Theo, he, all he has to do is throw his book at him and say, here. You know, <laughs> yeah. Because accountability is part of the book i mean chapter 16 accountability so it's not something that's you know it's not something tangible that you can say okay well this is what we want but they they want obviously they want more of a team uh game as far as the team uh like practicing together stretching together whatever and they want players to admit when they suck and uh uh, let me ask uh, is shoe still there yeah i'm here 
Yeah, we, too, we haven't like, cut you, him out yet. Okay, well, I hadn't heard him. So, just you've been in the clubhouse. Uh, who is the most accountable player? Would you say? Oh, the guys who stood up and talked to us. It would be uh, obviously Anthony Rizzo. I mean, the guy that accountable for his own play. Oh, who would admit that you know he, when he yeah. wasn't playing well? I mean, Chris Bryant yeah. would be among those, of course. Okay, my my thinking is uh, John Lester out of all them because he sure. uh, Lester too. You know, went out with the uh, "I'm the weak link" speech. I don't know if you remember that in August or mm-hmm. whenever it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they want more guys like that. And uh, who's John Lester's best friend? David Ross. David Ross. So I think if you're connecting the dots here, it, it looks to me like it would be David Ross. Theo wrote the foreword to David Ross's book, which is you know a very good book if you want to read it. Um, it. So it's basically a manifesto on why David Ross should be a manager. So, um, it's just too many, uh, too many things that you can connect the dot and say that it is David Ross, and, and also that he was at Wrigley Field for the, you know, the end of the season. He was up in Theo's box a lot. All the ushers and security guards were making a big deal how how much he was going up there. So. Uh, you know, this idea that uh, he's just waiting for a call from Theo <laughs> yeah. was just kind of like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, like you weren't up in the box saying this is what we should do, this is what we shouldn't do. Please. Yeah, there's no question. He was there a lot, not only for his ESPN duties, but for other reasons a lot in yeah. the months of August he's and September. Well, he, well, he is. A, that's right. He, he's a specialist. He was the one that went out and scouted Kimbrell and said, hey, this Oops. guy looks, yeah. looks <laughs> Yeah, ready. well... Well, he he has to be was. accountable oh. for that, Sully. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, definitely. But, it, it, yeah, know, I was going to say. Sure, he was only watching him throw a bullpen and he's throwing 98. You're like, well, yeah, it looks good. <laughs> and, Paul, I'm, I'm sure you've heard the same thing. It's his job if he wants it, and he does want it. So, you know, I don't see any other way around it. They'll go through, I hate to use the word, but the charade of interviewing some other people, including Joe Girardi. Girardi, you know, could easily become the Mets manager and, and probably will in the near, near future for a bunch of reasons. Um, But, you know, when they keep using the word accountability that we're talking about, I mean, that's an indictment, whether they meant to or not, of Joe Madden. Oh, for sure. And and, and obviously the players liked him and respected him. I don't know if they took advantage of him. But, you know, again, when you keep talking about the accountability, and and there were some words from some of the players that maybe it wasn't – I don't know, as strict as it should be. Some of the some of the players who joined the roster in the last third of the season. Um I don't know. That's that's all an indictment of Joe Madden. Well yeah, and uh, you know, I mean when you throw up a banner and say American Legion League show up when you watch, I think that's you know, you're kind of advertising it right there. But that was what they wanted. That it was that was what they hired and they knew his shtick from Tampa and it worked and now they're saying basically that we no longer think think it works. We got to get a new guy, and kind of uh, it. It's kind of funny to me that uh, you know Dale Swain was the guy that always stressed accountability and was always ripping on uh, a young Starlin and a young Rizzo, uh, and uh, they fired him for that. So it's just weird how it all works in the managing world. And yet David Ross's version of getting in somebody's face worked because they won the World Series and he was Grandpa Rossi and he's a beloved figure and 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 the idea of managing players he recently won a championship with as a player seems fraught with problems. Other guys who have tried this will tell you. 
what would you think, how would you expect that to be dealt with, and do you think that would be a problem? You mean the fact that they're his friends, a bunch of them? Yeah, they were his teammates. They, they, yeah. they were, I guess it's different confronting well, a player as a team. Well, left from 16, number one. But they're so central. All... That core yeah. is yeah. central to what the Cubs hope to do in the next two years. Well, we also don't know how many of them will be back. That's <laughs> so, <laughs> um, true. You know, that'll we'll be get to that. Uh, maybe, you know, we'll find out what he thinks of uh, Wilson, <laughs> you know, who was basically the starting catcher when Ross was the backup. Um, it would be weird, i got to say, because, you know, he is such good friends with Lester and, you know, Hayward. And I think Hayward uh, got him sweets on the road his last year, and he and Rizzo carried him off the field. So there is, you know, it would be weird for them to have, you know, your friend as your boss. Um, and then expect him to lay down the law. But, you know, I, I think he could do it. Um, I'm not discounting him. I think, uh, you know, we saw when he was with the Cubs that he did seem to have managerial, you know, tendencies. And uh, uh, I think having no experience might be a little, you know, troublesome. But, you know, it didn't seem to uh, bother Rocco Baldelli or Aaron Boone or, or some of these other managers who never managed before. Do you think they want to, Theo and Jed, want a manager who don't, won't necessarily think for himself, maybe be a sergeant at arms, but not think for himself, have his own ways the way Joe Madden had and I suspect Joe Girardi has? Um, I would think, I don't know if I would put it that way, because I think they do like, they don't want a total yes man, but I do think they want someone who will work with them a little more than Joe. Um I think that if I was just to guess, one of the problems was that, uh, you know, it kind of turned into the Joe show after 2016. Uh, he was so popular and, you know, the players were, you know, it seemed like they were bit characters almost mm-hmm. in the Joe show. And I think he wants a manager that's, you know, lets the players uh, shine and he's kind of in the background. Uh, I mean, there were days when our our whole columns would be, uh, or all of our stories would be what Joe had to say about this or that. And part of the reason was because the players did not show up to talk about it before games in the clubhouse. And he may not think of that as accountability, but I certainly do. And I love Javi. He's a great player, but he was the worst defender in the clubhouse. He, uh, he was very, very rarely available. Hey, Sully, one of the major problems, obviously, with the Cubs for the last, I don't know, bunch of years now actually has been the drafting and the development of players and, and the farm system in general. Yes, it, it you know, trading Torres to get uh, Chapman certainly won them a World Series, but it just hasn't worked overall. What's their master plan for reinvigorating not only drafting but developing players and just basically building up the farm system, which is not helping them at all at this point? Yeah, I don't know about that because obviously they they just moved a McLeod to a different position as a, kind of on a major league level as part of the you know with the, the now more of a three man team there and um, so the scouting and development part will you know go off to some other people. Uh, I don't know if it'll change. Um, certainly, they have not gotten the kind of uh, players that they wanted or expected uh, and especially pitching wise they don't think they've had anyone of uh, any significance um 
And, and that's where another, you know, people talk about accountability. Well, if that's the case and they have not, you know, if McLeod did not bring in the kind of players they wanted, why is, why is he able to just make a, uh, you know, a different move, a different department instead of paying the price and, you know, getting jettisoned like uh, a lot of other teams might have done? Good question. He got, he sort of failed up in some ways because yeah. because they're 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 also At least sideways. Yeah, <laughs> one way or another. Because you know he is friends. But they're all the three of them are good friends. They you know went back to Boston, and I understand that. But uh, if you're such good friends, are you? Does that mean you're secured of a job for life? Is that how it works? Uh, sure. This is know. Chicago. This is Chicago. Yeah, that's the way yeah. it works here. Yeah. Uh, do you uh, Gonzo wrote about the pros and cons of trading Bryant, trading Baez, one, both, or neither? Do you favor one, the other, or neither? Um, well, Bryant obviously would be the guy because uh, I think if you traded Javi, Cub fans would riot. Uh, they just love the guy, and he's got so much charisma on the field, um, and. Uh, you know, just one of the most exciting players in baseball. And Bryant, you know, hasn't really lived up to his 2016 Bryant since then. He's still a good player. But, uh, you know, if you look at the stats, uh, and he had a, a rebound season this year, so I'm not denigrating him at all. But he was, you look at third baseman, he was like near the bottom of fielding percentage and and uh, in the bottom third of most defensive metrics among third basemen. Uh, runners in scoring position. He, I think he was like 20th among third basemen. So, uh, you know, you, you, we think of him as one of the top two, three third basemen in the game, but, you know, he's not showing it the last couple of years, and obviously in, injuries are part of it, but, um, you know, he's going to be wanting. He's got Scott Boers as an agent, so he's going to be asking for quite a lot of money. So uh, I would think that he'd be the guy to go. Hey, Sully, obviously the Cubs are banking, pun intended, on their new TV network to help them out economically going forward. Very little news, though, on, on the whole marquee thing. Where's that overall? You know, do they have deals you know, in line with the different cable companies? You know, have they hired people? Where is this? It's pretty quiet on that front. Yeah, you got to ask Phil Rosenthal that stuff. Uh, that's not uh, <laughs> my expertise. Yeah. I have a hard enough time uh, trying to figure out how to decode Theo. So um, I would say, you know, they they should be pretty far into it at this point. I mean, they're opening this doors in February for the for their audience. And uh, so they should have to have a deal with, uh, you know, Comcast, uh, RCN, whoever, by, uh, I would think by January at least. So um, I don't know, and, and we don't know who's going to be on the shows either. You know, who's going to be their host, and um, all we know are JD and Lenny are back. Uh, you know, how about Steve Stone? Would he be part of it? He's, I, I believe, uh, you know, he if they asked him, he'd probably be interested. I don't know. Maybe you guys have to ask him, but um, you know, there's a lot of possibilities out there, but uh, we really, we really have no idea yet. Sully, any of you guys interested? Yeah, does it matter if I'm interested? Do I interview with Tom Ricketts? Do I interview with Crane Kenny? Oh, I'd love that, to see that. Would to see that, would, uh, that would be a show. I'd love to tape it. Yeah, that's right. We'll put that on. That'd be a good show. Do cubography, yeah. All right. Speaking of, you know, the, the whole idea of Joe Girardi interviewing with Theo Epstein, I, I, 
I there was some consideration. I just never thought it was going to be a match, only because Joe Girardi has strong opinions. Whether he embraces <clears throat> analytics, and no matter how strongly he embraces analytics, I always believed he had a mind of his own that I'm not sure Theo wanted to deal with. And the fact that they publicized that he would be interviewed, is that any way, do you think, of a favor to Tom Ricketts at that of, of the Cubs era that guys that he really liked and wants to see? Um, I don't know. It could be. But, um, of course, he went to Northwestern, as I think Tom did, too. No, he went to the University of Chicago, and his dad wasn't oh. sure they'd get through it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he just goes to Northwestern games. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think you'd go through the whole process just to please Tom Ricketts. Uh, I think he was pretty secure in himself that, you know, and that Ricketts would give him some latitude after, you know, winning him a championship and increasing the value of this franchise by about tenfold in the last few years. So I would think Ricketts would let Theo do what he wants to do here without saying, hey, why don't you interview Joe Girardi? I think Joe Girardi is a good candidate. He's just, uh, you know, he's won. He's got Cub roots. Um, he's the kind of disciplinarian that uh, they seem to be looking for. Um, so uh, I don't know. I, I think it. Uh, I think he is a very valuable candidate. I would think he is too. I just don't think. I, I just never saw that happening, and I didn't know if, if because Tom... of because uh, he's got. Do you think he would blip off to to a Theo or something? You just have a mind of his own. He's going to make his own. You know, flyer die as a manager on his own decisions. That's how a manager gets gets graded, and and what he does during the game. And he's going to do what he's going to do. And I think he's got a strong belief in himself. He certainly had been bolstered by credibility with credibility in this city for whatever oh, yeah. he did or didn't do with with Sammy Sosa. And remember when Daryl when Daryl yeah. Kyle was found yeah. dead in this in this city, in the Weston Hotel, and they had to cancel that game. And it's a 40,000-person a afternoon weekend game of Cubs and Cardinals. And they had to tell everybody to go home. It wasn't Don Baylor, the manager of the Cubs, to do it. It wasn't Andy McPhail, the, who ran the baseball operation for Tribune Company. It sure wasn't Tony La Russa. He managed the other team. It was Joe Girardi who told everybody to go home. That's how much credibility and strength he has in this city. Yeah, he was fantastic yeah. that day. And, and I think another episode was after 9-11 when they came back, and uh, Joe uh, gave a, a little speech to the crowd before their first game back. And so, yeah, he's very well-respected. And um, I, I don't know if you guys know him that well. I'm sure you do from being at the park. He's a very, very gracious and respectful person. Um very serious. Uh, you know, we're not going to be laughing as much as when Joe was there, if, if he was the manager. But uh, I don't think you can really uh, say that he doesn't know how to manage because he's, he's had, that he had 10 winning seasons <laughs> with the Yankees and, and the one manager of the year with a, one of the worst Marlins teams that, that you know, just weren't even 500 that he was named manager of the year. So Right, that was really um, impressive, looking at their record. He's manager of the year. And he changed, in fact, he changed his number from 27 to 28 when he managed the Yankees in their 27th World Championship. Yeah. yeah. and he, no. So so would he wear, like, 2017 as a Cubs manager? <laughs> uh, 
I don't know, Steve. You have to ask him. <laughs> okay. All right, Sully. But, I, uh, I, I would I, think he and Ross uh, would be the top two guys, at least at this point, and, uh, you know, made the best man win. And you keep saying, everybody says Ross wants it. David's saying Ross wants it, but he seems, yeah, I don't like, know that. He seems to be a guy who, well, I can do ESPN. I can drop in the Cubs when I want. There's no road trips. There's no planning. There's not 75-hour days at the ballpark. I can see my yeah. kids. Well, I, that's all true, but he went on the day yeah, that Madden was fired and said, I'm interested <laughs> yeah. in the job. So, I mean, that's out of the horse's mouth. He's waiting yeah. for a call. Well, come on. The call has been made two months ago if he yeah, wants it. He's waiting for a call. and He just couldn't have turned to him like the 50 times he was yeah, right. standing next to Theo and said, hey, uh, what about me? <laughs> hey, hey, Sully, Sully, I saw your tweet earlier this morning about uh, Madden's uh, you know, restaurant, obviously. Madden post, post yeah, Madden. yeah. So, I mean, what is it going to be called going forward? I don't know. That's my uh, entry is Post Madden. Oh, Post Madden. Uh, <laughs> There you Post go, Post Madden. Nicely played. That's or po- it. Uh, you, or Post Morden. Oh, and by the Post way, you signed a you signed a new contract. We didn't. We the, the one. He's no longer a free agent. Who's so that? You. Oh me. Yeah. I, I was a free agent. You were a free agent, but you resigned the the. Didn't you resign the the rain delay, the tarp watch with Nisei uh, Lounge? Oh yes, the tarp watch. I thought you meant the tribute. I thought you were trying to tell me something. No, no, but, no. I wasn't telling. I was just saying you. You're the the writer with the yeah. rain delay, and David loves rain delays. By the yeah, way, yeah. Uh, like, like I do plague. have a longstanding agreement with the Nisei Lounge to uh, promote the the bar when there's a rain delay, and uh, there was a little touchy negotiations this year for but, next year, but uh, you got it done. They bought me off with some malort. Okay, <laughs> you're cheap drunk. All right, I am. No doubt about that. <laughs> Thanks, Sully. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Paul Sullivan, <laughs> wonderful guest, wonderful writer, terrific baseball columnist for the Chicago Tribune. One of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Oh God, yes. I'm always amused yeah. by Post Madden. Is. That's a great name for yeah. Madden's Post. There you go. All right, we'll take a break and we come back. Um, just crap until we do transition with. Julie DeCaro, who just walked into the production studio. Hi, Jules. And Maggie Hendricks. They'll be here at 140 or so. Their show's at 2. And and um, so we'll just fill with crap until then because that's what we do. It's Saturday suckage. We will we suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Welcome and welcome back. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Steve Rosen and David Schuster with you. We'll talk to Julie and Maggie. Transition leading up to their show at 2 o'clock. Schuster's in for Spiegel. He's the Max Scherzer of Suckage on Saturday Suckage. Yes, I am. And the bottom of the hour brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Where should you be tonight, Steve Rosenblum? That's right. You should be cheering for the Western Conference champion Chicago Wolves. It's opening night at the Allstate Arena. To get your tickets, visit ChicagoWolves.com. And this segment brought to you by Valparaiso University. We all want to be part of something bigger at Valparaiso University. You can be part of something bigger without losing yourself in the crowd, and you'll discover that making the world a better place isn't wishful thinking. Visit valpo.edu to request information, apply, or schedule a visit. So we were talking earlier to Sully, and we were talking about the Cubs and the way Theo trades and Theo signed free agents and whatever. The Jose Quintana thing. For pitchers, starting pitchers who qualified, 
He had the second worst ERA in the National League, four point six eight. That was that was the guy who cost you Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease, and and he was supposed to be that reliable, salary controlled, team controlled starter, and no control. And he just wasn't, has not been that guy. Salary control is one thing. And yes, to ball clubs, of course, it's very important. However, <laughs> you got to get performance. You got to play the game. You got to get performance. You got to get results. And this past season, he had a stretch there where he was okay. But certainly the last part of the season, he, I don't know if he ever got out of the third or fourth inning. He was not good at all. So that trade. And it's still not totally written in the book just yet, although it's certainly leaning or trending in a certain direction. Right now, it's not looking good at all for the Cubs. And and obviously, Jimenez, he had 31 home runs, and he missed a major portion of the season on the injured list a couple of times. And uh, Cease, Cease was really good as a minor league pitcher, of course, and he's shown bits, very small bits of promise going forward. It's not as easy as it is just coming up from the minors and being a success at the major league level, but yet the potential is still there for him to be a very good starting pitcher. So right now, like I said, that trade is not looking good for the Cubs. He showed off quite the arsenal, Dylan Cease did. He's he also got four showed off, He also showed off that Javier Vasquez-ness of like one bad inning will cost you yeah. off in the first, but but it was early somehow, but he had that arsenal of pitches that you just salivated over. And yeah, and if he gets the right pitching instruction, you know, and if he has any kind of jump, much like Lucas Giolito, I mean, Lucas Giolito had the worst ERA in if, yeah. first starting pitcher two seasons ago now, and look at what he did this past season. Maybe Cease takes the next step. Who knows? Giolito, whoa, 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 whoa! You know, the playoff, <laughs> they're always singing. <laughs> yes, playoffs. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's it. It's our guy. It's what we want played after all those strikeouts. So the playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. The the um, this this season has brought together names like Cody Bellinger and Stan Musial, and because of all the home runs and the way guys are hitting, names, unmistakably historic names and modern day players and things like that, and you often see in the playoffs the the connections that are made to because there's a greater spotlight in October. And I love this one for the second straight year. The Dodgers Max Muncie has opened the playoffs with a three RBI game. So in game one against the nationals, he had three RBI. He's the second player to start the playoffs with a three RBI game in back-to-back years. Do you know who the other player was? Who started the playoffs with a three RBI game in back to back years? Are you going to tell me it's a Cub player? I'm not. Okay. Well, then I have no idea. Reds pitcher Don Gullett. Wow. He did so in game one of the NLCS in 1975 and game one of the NLCS in 1976. Wow. The starting pitcher for the Reds for the Big Red Machine had back to back. Three RPI games. Talk about the part of the big and red was, machine. Yes, that's right. I I was knocked over by that. I of all the times I've seen names tied together by what historic hitting accomplishments were achieved this year. This is 
<laughs> Max Muncy tied Don Gullet. Did you see where Major League Baseball, I don't know which muckety-muck, said that they're going to get to the bottom of why there were so many home runs? I mean, what's to get to the bottom of it? They, no, had, they had a juice baseball. That's the bottom that's of right, it. That's right, with no seams. Right, so they said they're going to cut the damn ball open and see what's going on oh. inside there, and they're going to make improvements to try, I guess, to bring the numbers down. They're not going to do that. That is, Although attendance was down, it was down for what little that's worth. That's um, that's Mel Brooks and Blazing Saddles, <laughs> gentlemen. We've got to protect our phony baloney jobs. That's what that is. That's a load of crap. Is Alex Karras going to knock out a horse? Also, <laughs> the um, the Maple Leafs uh, had have started a new tradition. I just saw this on my my Twitter feed on the Twitter machine, and it was uh, I think it was on NHL.com. So the they beat the Columbus Blue Jackets on the road, and into the postgame locker room comes Mike Babcock with a basketball. It is the Toronto a basketball from the Toronto Raptors, apparently used in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. So they are giving out. Some teams hand out gold necklace, gold chains. Some teams hand out wrestling belts, player of the game kind of thing, because the the Toronto Maple Leafs claim, and all their fans. You know, it's our year. It's this year. It's our time. It's, you know, since 1967, they haven't won. This is the longest drought in the NHL now, winning Stanley Cup, not winning Stanley Cup. So Mike Babcock selects a player of the game as Austin Matthews, an American. He had a goal last night against Columbus. So he flips the ball to Austin Matthews, who's still in hockey gear, but sitting down on the bench. Austin Matthews starts dribbling around through his legs and does that thing where he rolls it around his arms in front of him. He's like going globetrotter. <laughs> He's a wonderfully talented hockey player, Austin Matthews is. But all of a sudden, he's dribbling through while he's sitting there with skates and shin guards and the hockey garter belt, and then he's throwing it around his body with the, with the shoulder pads on. Is this was, on YouTube somewhere? somewhere it's Maybe NHL.com. It's got to be somewhere, but that's... That's it. That's our hockey report because the Blackhawks lost, and it looked a lot like last year, frankly, wondering what their defense is. And unless you're Eric Gustafson and Duncan Keith, you can't move the puck out of your own zone. That's a problem. And Patrick Kane is going to score 1,000 points, and the Blackhawks won't make the playoffs. That's what one game told me. Well, you know, I And tweet, that's not going to mean anything. I, I tweeted right after Kane scored the goal after he had the two assists, so he obviously was involved in all three goals. I uh-huh. said he's in midseason form, and, of yep. course, I got a bunch of people I knew in advance this would happen. And the defense is in midseason form, too. That's right. That's exactly right. Today's starter for the— Minnesota Twins. This is a guy named. Do you know who it is? I'd have to look it up. No, you don't. I'll tell you. Tell me. Randy Dobnak. Randy Dobnak, two years ago, was pitching in something I've never heard of the United Shore Professional League in the suburbs of Detroit. And apparently, in order to save money, the teams wouldn't even open the stadiums for fans because it costs more money to pay people to open the stadiums. So they'd play in front of empty ballparks. Last offseason, Randy Dobnak was an Uber driver, and he will tell you proudly he gets a 4.99 rating. <laughs> Last Saturday, he got married. He had been in single A when, when he and his bride-to-be scheduled their wedding for September because he had no plans in September as a guy in wow. low A in the twin system. What a whirlwind. 
And now he's starting game two of the playoffs. So they clinched early enough at Yankee that Stadium. week before his wedding. He could go away. And people in the Twin Cities heard about this and started going to his wedding registry and buying things. And what he did was he found a way to either to turn it into money to donate to charities. But it's such a wonderful story. And this guy, whatever his honeymoon is, it ended Today and he's starting against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Randy Dobnak, what a! I love these kind of stories. Good luck to him. The Yankees, what the Yankees score yesterday? Ten or eleven runs. Everybody hits home runs. Last team with a home run, and whatever. And by the way, I I, um, met my son last week at um, Portillo's for dinner, and his his fiance had some friends in. And so she was, she had other plans. So we're getting, of course, we get the cheese fries among the, the beef and, and stuff like that. Hope you got the chocolate cake. There's none better. We did not. Oh, so we did good. not. We're watching. I'm trying to keep my girlish figure. But anyways, <laughs> I came across this story and I need to suggest this to him and Emily that you can now, at your wedding, you can have Portillo's bring in a cheese waterfall. Like like the chocolate waterfall? You've seen that, right? Oh, yeah. I've seen Fruit, that at, no, at some weddings. Cookies yeah. and all, right? Yeah. But now you can have a cheese waterfall. That's one of the things Portillo's offer. Oh, my God. How great would that? All those French fries? Stick the French fries under there? Oh, my God. It's wonderful. Oh, that's a Wisconsin I delight. want the home version of that. Oh, that's what I want. <laughs> all right. We're done with all that chazerai. We will talk to Julie and Maggie. Their show starts at 2. We'll do transition. Saturday suckage, but you figure that out as a texture note. This is the sucky, extraordinarily sucky today. And I want to give all the credit to David Schuster. He's the Max Scherzer of late suckage. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Having a major discussion in the studio regarding... Megan Rapino and Adam Rippon. And I think those are worthy, worthy idols. Welcome and welcome back. Saturday Suckage is about to end. Julie and Maggie's show is about to begin. So we have Julie and Maggie in with me and Schuster's in for Spiegel. So kind of kind of is in for everybody. So we kind of <laughs> we kind of consider Schuster the Max Scherzer of of uh, Saturday suckage, ah. a late replacement. He came in and he dominated. He no, that's sucked, a kind of, that's sucked a, like le, sucked like never before. That was exciting <laughs> last night. Yes, it was. It was exciting. I was going to say that's a compliment that I didn't expect from him this morning. I thought he was going to say I was the Pedro Strope of Saturday <laughs> oh, suckage. No, God. you're Max Scherzer. You, you came in and Carl dominated. Carl Edwards Jr. No. You know, it seemed it, it, what Scherzer did, what Strasburg did in relief of Scherzer. Scherzer, there's the Randy Schilling. John and and Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling thing, but I had forgotten, and it was only a couple days earlier. The way the Nationals got into this series, that ball, that oh, the it was way, glorious. Dress, oh my god, it was fantastic. What, yeah, I was desperate to stay alive, and I thought, <laughs> why am I doing this? The the, the Brewers have everything they, they want. Right, backhanded the, the Brewers, Brewers are going to bottom of the eighth. I, did, I went to bed because I was like, ah, the Brewers got this. The Brewers got this. I was done. 
Also, I go to bed very early. Uh-huh. But um, I was like, I don't really feel like watching. And then at some point when I like rolled over in the middle of the night, I checked my phone and I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I stayed awake saying maybe Hader will lose it in the ninth inning because he'll throw too many pitches, which has always been they've, – they've cared about his arm. They've worried about his usage. They tried to have him. And sure enough, I was I – was, <clears throat> I benefited by staying up, and he did it in the eighth inning, and that ball bounces a crazy way. Didn't they say that was the first time all season that he, of his total pitches, that he had more balls than strikes? Yes. So he picked the worst time possible to have a stinker. Well, I mean, they have no playoff experience, and I feel like it, it really showed in that in that game. That they, they had it last year. Oh, I've completely... <laughs> They, they did well, beat your high. Cubs. I'm a sports yeah. reporter. They beat your they beat, Cubs it was, they beat my Cubs. Field. That's true. So, I, okay, then, I don't know. I'm just a but moron. Josh Hader looks like a future Cubs closer, didn't he? No. Like what he showed. <laughs> well, yes, because he was terrible. So yeah. And the threat of arm problems, and there was terrible in a big game. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, it gave up a home run. So I completely forgot about the Brewers. I just, I feel Trying like. to wipe out bad I memories. I think probably. Yeah. I think probably it was. You know, a safety move on my behalf to just like I don't. I know they got beat by somebody. Ugh. Yeah, yeah they besides were, the Rockies. Yeah, they were one of the two teams that celebrated on back-to-back days in the That's, visiting clubhouse at Wrigley Field last right. season. That's last season, when it was a much smaller clubhouse. Yes. So we had Sully on. I know you talked about it all week, Julie. You had my dog shows. on. Yes, we had, your, we had your dog on. He was very cute. <laughs> um, and Sully, because I was. Intrigued that he kept asking the question and he kept writing about no solid reason why, no honest reason in Sully's world about why Joe Madden was not brought back. And Theo answered, danced around it, and whatever. So we're beyond that. But then you're left with this is do you believe the parade of names that have been out there or is this just window dressing for David Ross to get the job? That's a great question. Oh, you know, if, look, if this team is really Theo talked for I don't even know how long the other day about long moving time. on from 2016. 81 minutes. Why I was do you, there. If you're trying to move on from 2016, what are you bringing David Ross back for? Yeah. Frankly, Joe Espada down in Houston could come in and give some real good information to this organization about what Houston's doing with their pitchers, bring in a fresh perspective. I don't know why. And they're hitters, by if, the way. Yeah. If, yeah. We're not, if we're not just trying to recapture 2016, why are you going to bring David Ross in? Move forward. I'm I, all for a young former player. I feel like that's the trend, and and it's it's it would be that someone that Theo could meld, mold into what he wants him to be. But I, I think David Ross is just a, would just be a mistake. Well, but, I think but they, here's, here's their thinking. I mean, Theo Epstein and David Ross are close for a lot of reasons. And, uh, you know, you can call him whatever you want. President, general manager, doesn't make a difference. King. Guy, king, okay. The king wants to have a close relationship with his manager. And I think his, his relationship with Madden definitely soured over the last couple of seasons. It ended up being, you know, they weren't at each other's throats. But there was a personality conflict between the two. It's one of the many reasons why Joe Madden is not back. I think Theo Epstein, being in the perch that he is, he wants to have a closer relationship, again, for a lot of reasons with his manager, and he already has that with David Ross. That's why he will be the next Cubs manager. 
Okay, if you say so. I just, I don't think, I mean, when we're talking about, you know, falling into this winning trap and, you know, we, we've never really moved on from 2016 and, you know, and then to bring in David Ross to me, it's all just, did, did you really mean any of that then when you said it? Or you just want to recapture the Boston 2016 thing that we had going on here? You know, and we talked about this um, on the Into the Basket podcast that, and I totally lost what I was going to say. Well, I, yes, <laughs> welcome to my world. But yeah. it was going to be a good point. It, I know. it was a great point. Yeah, the, thing is, the thing I'm looking at is I, this is an opportunity for the Cubs to bring in a fresh way of thinking, a fresh mindset, somebody who isn't just of this of this system, of the of Wrigley Field. That's why Joe Espada is a really good name because yeah. of what Houston's done. I never thought under Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer and Jason McLeod they would be out-thought, out-progressed. Oh. They've been lapped by but other teams. I yeah. never thought I mean, that would happen. And this, you're right about Hugh when you brought up Espada for Houston's progress for the way their players yeah. have gotten better. Presuming there's no steroids involved, which or just presume that everybody has steroids involved. That's the way. Well, I Well, the Cubs have bad ones then. I assume that everybody. Yeah, I I just assume it is a level playing field because everybody does it. So go so that way. I think there's something to be said for that, but. Theo wants a sergeant at arms, if nothing else. He wants that part of the that that arrow in the quiver, and that was David Ross. He was front and center with oh, that. I know. I know what I was going to say. So oh. you know, you know, have you ever been in a situation? Thank you. I knew it'd come back eventually. Well, actually, there was like an eight, we left. It was an eighty percent chance it would come back. Um, have you ever worked in a job where you have a boss, or you've been on a team where you had a coach who everybody loved, and then that coach leaves or the boss leaves, and and you have someone that no one hates and everything's terrible, and then eventually that boss winds up coming back, and you think it's going to be just like it was before, and it's just not. It's completely different. You can't go home again. Exactly, and I feel like that is what is going to happen if they bring in David Ross. Because it's one thing to have... Yankees did it five times with Billy Martin. I know. That's the answer to a trivia question. Name five Yankee managers. Billy Billy Martin. Martin. It's one thing to have your teammate yelling at you and kicking your butt for missing something. It's something else to have your manager doing it. Right. And he was the the teammate of this guy, a teammate of these guys, now is the manager. That's a difficult transition for a lot of players. Maybe David Ross is much more facile at it we don't know. We've never seen it. This would be a heck of a test case. But I do think they want that, that whatever, I hate the word accountability, mainly because Garpax wore it out and it had no meaning or consequence. But the the way Theo used it, it just sounds silly. But maybe that's what, what the, the first thing he wants in a manager. I don't know. So that's what he's going to get. You guys can talk about it. You guys can be accountable for yourselves for the next three hours. And you're actually in studio. You're not on the road. Look at that. All right. Uh, we need to thank David Schuster for being the Max Scherzer of Suckage, coming in late and dominating. Paid Mark a little Grody. bit less than him, by the way. Mark Grody of London. A lot less. Paul Sullivan from Chicago. Julie and Maggie, we did transition. I want to thank Zach Withers and Mike Chen. And uh, for producing this this staggeringly sucky show, Julie and Maggie are next. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So, kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.